0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids, the solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield today, and it's Wednesday. That means we talk with Arlen Suterman, INTLFC Stone. Arlen, we do appreciate the time today. Let's jump right in and get started here on our grain trade. A little bit of mixed action today. We're higher once again in the wheat and the soybeans, a little bit lower in the corn. I think the place to start, I want to go back to crop progress. USDA and NAS have extended this by two weeks over their usual time frame to continue to update us on harvest progress, and corn harvest is still extremely sluggish. I noticed you put out on Twitter 1.4 million bushels of corn still or 1.4 billion still possibly sitting out in the fields. Tell us what your thoughts there are
1: yeah this is significant i think uh, 137 million bushels of soybeans and and uh, some of that is in north dakota northwestern midwest about 15 million of uh, bushels of that that is as of sunday not much has happened since then because of the snow cover um, but the bigger concern is corn uh, as of sunday 301 million bushels still in the field unharvested in North Dakota. Uh, When we look at Iowa, 201 million bushels, Uh, 118 million bushels in South Dakota, 71 million bushels in Nebraska, 112 million in uh, Minnesota, 157 million in Wisconsin. So there's a lot of corn still in the field with snow cover on it yet. Some of that in the North Dakota and some of the surrounding areas may be there until the spring thaw. So that's a real concern. And I think a lot of that corn is of low quality as well. And we just don't know how low quality. I'm you know, talking there about wet, low test weight corn. We won't know how bad until it's actually harvested. And what will harvest losses be? It's pretty hard to estimate that until we know how long it's going to be in the field and what the weather conditions are going to be between now and when farmers are able to harvest it. So a lot of unknowns, but yet right now USDA is surveying farmers, asking them for their final production numbers. So those will be reported in the January crop report. And the accuracy of those numbers in January, and this, this January production estimate will be almost entirely on farmer survey results versus the objective field surveys that the previous reports have been more heavily weighed on. Um, and so the question will be how good will the information be that farmers will have to put down on their surveys when uh, USDA NASS asks them the questions.
0: It'll be very interesting to see. Again, that report will be coming out in January. Arlen, looking now at the broader scope, we look down to South America and see a little bit of a rally here on soybeans. Even though, from what we hear, it looks like the soybean crop looking well in South America, but really looking forward, that Safrina corn crop that comes in behind the soybeans are in the ground right now, that could be getting some pressure due to the lateness of these soybeans.
1: Yeah, that's a real concern. Uh, Our team in uh, Brazil did ratchet down their soybean production estimate a little bit this month. Uh, They do an estimate at the first of each month. Uh, They're at 121.6 million metric tons, down from about 122.1. But that's a pretty normal crop right now, so they're not too concerned. We've had one of the drier uh, growing seasons thus far of the last four decades, but the rains have been spread out and distributed well enough that crop conditions overall have been pretty good. So right now soybeans, as you said, aren't the real concern, but the safrina corn crop makes up 70% of Brazil's corn. Safrina means the second and technically the smaller crop, although now it's the bigger crop. It's their winter corn crop. So, after they harvest the soybeans, they come back in right away and plant the corn crop and they have to get that corn crop generally planted um, before the first few days of March because after that, then it puts pollination and grain field during their dry season when temperatures are hot and conditions are dry and has a negative impact on yield and the yield implications can be very significant if that happens. So that really has producers down there concerned with the late soybean crop. The late harvest, therefore, means a very narrow window. If the weather cooperates, then fine. They can get that Safrina corn crop planted, and they can still get a normal crop. But if it's too wet, and that is a wet time of year, if it's too wet for them to harvest beans and turn around and get the corn planted in time – Then that pushes the corn planting later, meaning higher risk on yields and maybe even reduced area planted as well. So that's one of the keys that we need to be watching with significant implications since they're the top export competitor we have in the global corn market, um, and, and watch how that unfolds here as we go over the next several months.
0: Go to the grain we haven't talked about yet. That is wheat. We saw Egypt just coming to the market. They went in, uh, went ahead for Russian wheat. Iraq is putting together their 20 to 20 uh, needs and plans for exports. How is U.S. wheat starting to look here on the global market? Are we getting close to competitiveness?
1: we are we 're not very far away. The markets were disappointed yesterday, and we saw the sell off in the Chicago wheat market specifically following the Paris market lower when Russia got the entire tender of about ten point eight million bushels of wheat going to egypt um, so we 're not we 're basically very close in price, but egypt uh, has a freight advantage, or Russia has a freight advantage to Egypt versus us, and so that was the biggest difference there in that tender, why we could not could not get that business. Other markets where we have more of a freight advantage, we are able to get. So we are seeing some decent hard red export business, not what we'd like to see, um, but it's been decent. We do think that that's going to pick up, particularly because of a small Australian crop and a small smaller argentine crop as they're start just getting started with their harvest now um and we think that's probably going to allow us to pick up our export business in the spring of next year again we're
0: talking with arlen suderman intlfc stone on today's Fontenelle final bell do remember futures trading does involve risk of loss and may not be suitable to all investors you're listening to the rural radio network coming up in our second segment we talk china and livestock. this is the Fontenelle final bell Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Arlen Suderman, INTLFC Stone, joining the conversation. I'm Clay Patton again in for Susan Littlefield. In our last segment, we touched on all three of the major grains, uh, wheat, corn, as well as soybeans. Coming back, Arlen, I want to touch on China just because of the resources that INTLFC Stone has and the depth of knowledge they have on the U.S.-China trade situation. Right now, we're getting close to a pivotal point. We're coming up on December 15th. More tariffs are going into effect. What What type of diplomacy is going into both sides trying to save face but trying to get a deal done?
1: Yeah, it's been pretty impressive to kind of watch. And it certainly would seem to indicate that China wants to get a trade deal now. Uh, When we look at both sides and what they're facing, a constituency that President Trump faces is the voter, and he's facing needing to keep the voter happy, um, and he can largely do that with a healthy stock market, history tells us. It's uh, difficult to defeat a president seeking re-election if the stock market is doing well and the perception economy is doing well. So that's kind of the barometer he has to follow, and, and right now we're trading just below record levels. President Xi Jinping's constituency is the leadership of the Communist Party inside of China. That's who he has to keep happy. And there's a couple things that are probably greater challenges to him than is the trade war with the United States, although I don't want to minimize the adverse impact that that is having on their economy. It is significant. But the food shortage created in China Specifically meat shortage created by African swine fever, which we estimate has cut pork production that's their number one meat of choice in China by 30 million metric tons or thereabouts. Um, that compares to total global trade. Uh, let me I said 30 million metric tons. it's at least twenty five million metric tons. I got my numbers turned around with 30 million metric tons is the to- previous total global trade of beef, veal, pork, and poultry. So the loss in pork production in China is almost equal to all total meat trade globally of those four major meats. So that's just how significant it is um, to China, the loss. They're trying to import pork. Looks like this year they will more than double pork imports to nearly 3 million metric tons, but that's nearly not even close the 25 million metric tons shortfall. Their reserve is not big enough to fill that gap and it's rapidly being used up. They are trying to increase production of poultry and fish to try to fill the gap. They cannot do enough of that. They're trying to import as much as they can of other meats as well uh... but generally that is a big crisis creating 15% plus food inflation in china that risks social unrest speaking of social unrest we have it in hong kong which is a part of china um and uh they given over to them from the british previously a british colony back in the early 1990s and uh, the pro democracy demonstrations going on there are getting increasingly violent so when president when the Congress passed the bills supporting the protesters that was a direct insult on China President Trump had no choice but to sign it politically President Xi Jinping seemed to understand that but politically he had no choice but to strongly uh, sanction US or or do something in protest or retaliation he could have broke off the talks he did not They knew President Trump had to politically sign it. They continued with the talks right on through the time when he signed it. Also, Congress passed a human rights bill condemning China for what they were doing with Muslims uh, in some of their internment camps, and China is angry about that, but they're continuing with the talks. They're continuing to do the things necessary. They do not want the next round of tariffs to go into effect on December 15th. So it looks like we have a window of opportunity here in which we may be able to get a phase one trade deal by december 15th it's tough to get china across the finish line on anything you're negotiating but it looks like china is showing all the signs of wanting to get a deal done
0: quickly arlen as we see december 15th quickly do if the tariffs go into action china has the option to leg lower the chinese yuan their currency to try to offset those costs this could adversely affect the dollar could we finally see some managed money movement back into commodity inflation
1: uh, we really could, and uh, a lot of it, I think, probably more has to do with our dollar. China, I think, will spend what it needs to get the commodities that it needs. I do think it's a real risk that they will devalue their currency or allow it to devalue further to offset the tariffs. They want to maintain that uh, market share with the U.S. consumer on the consumer products being targeted. Um, but I think what we really need to see relative to the dollar is we need to see the euro finally show some strength and that's probably not likely the dollar is probably overall going to continue to trend higher if we see the euro continue to have problems
0: again you can also follow arlen on twitter this has been the fontenelle final belt on the rural radio network thank you to fontenelle hybrids and all their sponsors do remember futures trading does involve risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors you're listening to the rural radio network